I'm Russ McQuaid, and this is Indie Justice. Welcome to Episode 4 of Season 1, More Friends of Angie Barlow. You're killing women and kids like it's, like it's candy, like it's fun, like it's a cool thing to do. People will take somebody's life for a half pound of weed. These killers are still walking the streets. It's one of the most horrific things that even comes out of my mouth as I'm saying it. It's nothing that they deserve to die for. This episode of Indie Justice contains strong language. Whispers about a possible serial killer targeting young women on Indianapolis's east side started us off on this investigation. We didn't find a serial killer, but we did find connections between the deaths of a handful of young women that were either coincidental or an indicator of an environment more fatally pervasive and hidden on the streets and in the back alleys and vacant properties of Indiana's capital city. Cops know it. Grieving families know it. And now, we do too. Angie Barlow was a stripper who disappeared and was found dead and buried behind an empty house on the east side of Indianapolis eight months later. Police think they know what happened to her and who was involved, but don't have the evidence to make an arrest. Angie knew another dancer named Casey Kern. Her younger sister, Mariah Kern, was found stabbed to death in a garage on the city's southwest side in the spring of 2018. Mariah knew Melissa Runnels because they partied with the same crowd. Runnels' remains were found burning after she'd been shot behind an abandoned house less than three weeks after her friend's murder. Neither case has been solved. A couple months before that, Kern's cousin, Jamie Beasley, was found dead in a shallow stream. And a couple months before that, their friend Tiffany Harlow was discovered deceased in a parking lot. Each one of these women, according to family and police, were living risky lifestyles and were found dead within a year of one another. Why do you suppose for the last couple of months people keep calling me and emailing me and people keep telling me they think there's a serial killer working in Indianapolis killing young women? Lieutenant Bruce Smith of the IMPD Homicide Branch. So we've had a few cases that have absolutely drawn our attention and concern as well. And because of some similarities, some proximities, um, some manners and causes of death, uh, and uh, we have gone as far as, as to put all the detectives, and we do this anyway, but uh, leads of detectives on in the room and compare a lot of notes and, and just really try to see if we can make that connection. And uh, so far, we have been a- unable to make that link to say the same person is responsible for, for these. So to say, you know, we certainly aren't ignoring that. We've heard it. Um, we've had some of the same concerns that, you know, that, that these things have some similarities, but the, I can trust that they've been well vetted and we just have not made that connection. It appears there is a connection, though, just not the one Rhonda Horton told me about on her front porch a couple months ago when I stopped by one day to talk about her daughter Mariah Kern's case. Young girls dropping dead left and right. Nobody gives a shit. 
Rhonda was the first one to draw me the lines connecting Angie Barlow to four other women whose deaths are either unsolved or undetermined and sadly tragic. She wonders if anyone cares. What, why can't you call in help? Why won't you call in help to solve these cases? And, and the thing about it is, is it could be, um, the, the next victim could be a judge's daughter, an attorney's daughter, it, the president's daughter. It could be anybody. These killers are still walking the streets. I feel like because our daughters aren't rich, aren't the judges or the senators or some rich kid because we're, you know, poor that they're making it. It doesn't matter if Jamie and all these girls did drugs. It don't matter if they was into prostitution. It don't matter what they did. They didn't, none of them deserved to be tortured to death. I don't want justice just for Mar Mariah. I want justice for Jamie Beasley. I want justice for Angie Barlow, Tiffany Harlow. I want justice for all these girls. Jamie Beasley was Mariah's cousin. They always hung out. They both was so full of joy and silliness, and they was always positive. But one thing about Mariah and Jamie was they they had hands on them, and they had a, ma a mouth on them, and they wouldn't back down. You could. You could beat the hell out of Mariah and she'd get back up and say, let's do it again. We told you about Mariah's murder in our last episode of Indie Justice. She was found stabbed to death in a garage on Indianapolis's west side. Mariah's 40-plus police reports indicate she wouldn't back down from a fight and could always find trouble, or maybe trouble always found her. Her cousin Jamie had some scrapes with the law too, not violent, just drug-related. Ten days before Christmas in 2017, Jamie's family lost touch with her. It would be Earth Day the following spring before Jamie's body was found with no visible signs of trauma in a creek not far from a boyfriend's house on the east side. Her family doubts that Jamie just walked into the creek and died. IMPD Homicide Lieutenant Bruce Smith says Jamie Beasley's case is technically a death investigation, and the coroner's toxicology analysis would have to determine if Jamie had enough drugs in her system to kill her. And in that particular case, um, you know, uh, there's a confidence that it's not a homicide. It doesn't make it any less tragic, um, and you know, it's a, it's, you know challenging for the family. So IMPD doesn't think Jamie Beasley was murdered. And for her sister, Suzanne Gill, the news that spring didn't get any better. As within a couple months, their cousin Mariah was killed. And with little to go on, the family started wondering if there was a connection. It's hard to tell with no, no leads or no clues on either one of them. It's hard to tell because they ran with some of the same people. Those would also be some of the same people Melissa Runnels ran with that spring. Before her body was found smoldering in an abandoned backyard in Hawville on Indianapolis's west side, 
She had been shot, as we told you in our last episode. Somebody who had also been running around with Jamie and Mariah was Tiffany Harlow, another young East Side woman with a police record for drugs. Your name, sir, what do you do for a living? How long have you been a cop? Uh, Marcus Kennedy, I'm a police officer with the IMPD uh, Homicide Branch and been a cop 32 years. Murder never takes a holiday. So that's how Detective Marcus Kennedy found himself working on Christmas Day 2017. You caught a case from a woman named Tiffany Harlow? Yes, I did. What did you find out about Tiffany Harlow? Uh, we found her on Christmas Day in 2017 in the middle of a McDonald's parking lot. Um, she was just sitting down in like a yoga position. Um, she had some um, bad lifestyle choices. And would you and the coroner ultimately decide happened to her? Uh, her death was ruled an accident by uh, drug overdose. The thread connecting all these women is some risky lifestyle choices and the people they knew and the things they did. Rhonda Horton has seen the toll it's exacted from her family. They're taking our kids. It's not fair. It's not right that they come down here and they kill our children and they're, they're walking free. Mariah's mom told me some nights she finds herself walking the same streets her daughter did before she died. I mean, I went door to door knocking. I've, I've done, I've walked the streets. I try to get it out there, you know, especially right there at Washington State. You know, do you know what they did to my daughter? Why, why are you here? Don't be here by yourself. I try to get people to join in with me. So now Rhonda sits on her front porch, grieving, smoking cigarettes, and racking her brain for answers that just don't come. By his training and experience, IMPD homicide detective Marcus Kennedy is usually the man with all the answers, except when he isn't. So do you have to be the guy that delivers the bad news that it you know, wasn't some external force, it was something internally going on with your loved one that caused this? Yes. How do folks accept that? Usually they don't. You know, they insist that um, one individual or another or something bad happened to them, no matter what we present with them as far as evidence and whatnot. There used to be rules to the game, says James Wilson. He grew up running the streets of Brightwood and Martindale before going to prison for burglary in the late 2000s. Started out in Brenchville, Brenchville to Wabash, Wabash to IYC, IYC um, to IREF, IREF to Liberty Hall. Now Wilson is the founder of Circle Up Indy and a neighborhood activist, working with parole defenders and guys serving community correction time. Don't get me wrong, there was a lot of women back then that was in the streets, but not like that, not like it is now. Even in the streets then, we respected that. And as we respected that, we didn't go always try to rob them. We didn't always try to kill them. You know, we stayed in our lane. And one thing we did not do is kill women and kids. That was off limits, period. And now? Different. I come home, it's like, ah, you're killing women and kids like it's, like it's candy, like it's fun, like it's a cool thing to do. There's disgrace in that. There's no honor in that at all. If there's anything we've learned during the first season of Indie Justice from talking to cops and parents 
and advocates out in the streets and in the clubs, it's that women have gotten a little deeper into the life, maybe doing things they've never done before, maybe seeing and knowing things they've never seen or known before. No one intends to become an addict. To get in so deep, there's virtually no way out. Melissa Runnell's mom says her daughter's slide began with a new set of high school friends. How does a nice girl from the south side of Indianapolis get into meth? There was a couple other people um, she had met through, well, high school. She had, um, Perry High School had a lot of people bust in from like the east side and she became friends with them, you know, some of them. James Wilson remembers what it was like when he was one of those kids boarding a bus in Brightwood. I went to Perry, and so I hung around a lot of the white folks out there that kind of a little curious that, you know, we showed them something different, a little bit of swag, and so they came out and hung out with us in the ghetto. They done that. They come out and hung out with us in the ghetto, as we called it, or in our community, if you, however you want to lay it out. Um, some got addicted to drugs. One of my good friends, he did. He started snorting cocaine. Could I have been a gateway opener for him? I could have been. But sometimes they get curious and they step into things they just don't know, Russ. They don't know what it leads to and how serious it is out here. It looks fun to them because it's not being out in the suburbs. It's like being on vacation. Yeah, but that's not fun. This is our everyday life. You're only getting a glimpse of it because guess what? At the end of the day, you get to go back home. We still got to live this every day of our life. And so what's fun to you is reality to us. Out in the streets, when a woman gets in too deep, she can be exploited, monetized, in a way a man usually can. Kim Tabor has met these women on the stages and in the dressing rooms of strip clubs in Indianapolis. She operates a ministry called Stripped Free. I think this whole idea of women becoming commodities, um, that is one of the most horrifying pieces of as it relates to trafficking you know if you if you're selling drugs the drug is used up and it, it's gone but that female that female can be used time that female body can be used time and time again it's one of the most horrific things um, that even comes out of my mouth as i'm as i'm saying it angie barlow and her friends each took a different path to the same destination Angie dropped out of high school two months short of graduation, became a dancer, and in a few years, she was dead. Mariah Kern never made it out of the seventh grade because after surgery at the age of 12, she was given painkillers and spent the rest of her life battling drugs. Melissa Runnels had addiction and mental illness in her genes that later led her to destructive new friends. I think we need to take a strong look at why that's the why factor, why they're involved. James Wilson of Circle Up Indy. They out here in the streets. Why they're out here. And it goes back to the strong basis of economics. We keep ignoring that over and over. But I guarantee you, if you get a strong one that's willing to sit down and talk to you, and she tell you she got to feed her kids, she got to take care of her mama, and she got to take care of other people too, they have to do what they have to do. And we judge them so quickly instead of taking the time out to listen to them. If you really want to help them, Sit down and have that conversation with them and listen. And don't just listen, apply the application too. Apply the information she's giving you. She's asking you for help in certain different ways. You talk about, you know, if these girls come out of these comfortable situations or whatever and get into a difficult environment, 
Uh, and could that be part of it that these girls are just in way over their head? Why do you think when you was telling me and outlining to me about uh, one of the cold cases that you're, you're focusing on, that she had to come down and she had to strip, but she was she on drugs before she stripped? No, she wasn't. Angie Barlow's mom never indicated drugs were ever part of her daughter's strip club lifestyle. Christina Kramer said for Angie, dancing was just a job. That's the point James Wilson is trying to make. She was trying to build. She was trying to live right. But maybe that extra money can help her survive. And then when you get in that environment, especially if you're stripping and whatnot, you, you know, little cocaine and little bitty other things, those gateways. And it opened up doors for other things. So what she came to do, a lot of people may not agree what she done. And I don't judge anybody for what they do. But maybe what she came to do shifted. And it shifted because the environment that she in that she have a full understanding of. Do we have a full understanding of it? Kim Tabor of Stripped Free. We need more organizations helping, helping in that area for sure. For six years, Tabor has taken it upon herself to go into the literal darkness of indie strip clubs to talk to the women who work there. I discovered that all it took was us going in to those dark places just with a little line of hope. And so, you know, if there's a way that any of the listeners can be, can extend that line of hope to somebody else. You know, one of the things that I'm always encouraging my friends, my, my sisters in the church to do is to get out of your comfort zone. Get out of the four comfortable walls of your homes and churches. So we all have these places that we can go to and make a difference if we just get out of our comfort zones. And it's amazing to see the domino effect that happens when all we have to do is just take a step. As an ex-offender and community activist, James Wilson knows how the grants and agency game works in Indianapolis. He says most of our attention and money are going to solve the crisis of at-risk 17 to 25-year-old males who make up a huge chunk of the violent death tolls and court dockets in our city. Wilson says he doesn't see a lot of programs for at-risk women in Indy. And they don't have places sometimes to always go to. It's not always there. It's not always open doors for them like that. I, I got a lot of respect for that organization that took the time to do what many organizations don't do in the city. Only very few does it. They went to the ground pavement. All the organizations that I've worked with or work with now, they leave their doors open. Not that it's a bad thing. We leave their doors open. Well, they come and talk to us and we can deal with it. No, sometimes you have to get on the ground and get out there and find out what's going on. What's going on, says IMPD Homicide Lieutenant Carrie Buckner, is the cost of life in the streets of Indianapolis has gotten ludicrously cheap. I can tell you that I see a lot more people dying over a half pound of weed than I do heroin or crack or anything sure. else. It's ridiculous. People will take somebody's life for a half pound of weed. Melissa Runnell's mom believes that she might have been killed, over $500 stolen from a drug dealer, and detectives have an idea of who was involved. Police think Angie Barlow was dead because she was enticed to make a quick $500 and was instead slain over jealousy. And investigators say their two best suspects are in Arizona. It's hard to say why Mariah Kern was murdered, though her mom has lots of names of people who she thinks were involved. Jamie Beasley and Tiffany Harlow 
likely died because their drug addictions proved more powerful than their life forces. Barbara Runnels sees a pattern in the deaths of these daughters. I think they're using females um, to lure in female addicts. I think they were luring in um, people that they wanted to um, give a lesson to. I mean, um, they're using anybody, getting in information, using them for their knowledge, um, and maybe that's what they did with these three girls. I mean, he's using them um, to get more people into his parties or whatever, you know. They're having parties, at, I think, in abandoned homes, is what I've been told. Um, so, you know, getting them involved in these parties, you know, and getting these people addicted and um, and these women are the eye candy to his parties. They think that he makes them feel special. He, he's treating them to dinner and, and clothing and all this other good stuff. And then, you know, um, then when he's had enough, he's had enough. And he goes, and, you know, um, they get too addicted and, you know, or whatever. Or I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it seems to me that there's more behind this. There's definitely more. There's definitely a lot more, but sometimes there's also a lot less. It's one of the most heartbreaking things when you walk away going, wow, my victim really wasn't a bad person, but they, it seems like now that the family tells me their history, their backstory, it's like this one bad break and they took a move this way where if they'd have flipped or flied on that day, maybe everything would have turned out okay. IMPD Homicide Lieutenant Kerry Buckner. Yeah, I mean, I always try to put myself, I mean, I was, when I was young, I could have made a bad decision and gotten the wrong car with the wrong people. I mean, it was the 80s, so it wasn't as the, you know, hot back then as far as heroin and methamphetamine and stuff like that, but I could have, I could have gone in the wrong neighborhood and gotten robbed and killed, and mm -hmm. sometimes you got to put yourself in those positions. IMPD Homicide Lieutenant Bruce Smith. And, and, you know, a lot of times we see, you talk to families that have, they've tried a lot of things and it just didn't work and then they start to blame themselves because they didn't provide the, you know, the, that treatment or whatever and, and I think we all kind of understand that ultimately that person has to make that decision and, and you know, you can convince, you can, you know, they can see the worst things and, and still for whatever reason they can't overcome whatever it draws them to their behavior. We started off this season of Indie Justice with episode one titled, It Begins with Angie Barlow. So it's only appropriate that we give her mom, Christina Kramer, the last word. Whenever you sit there and you look, you just you see a lot of similarities in each of these young women. It's nothing that they should have to die for. It's nothing that they deserve to die for. Do you fear that the rest of us, or the city, or just society, that we value the loss of their life less simply because of the choices they made as opposed to being sitting at home and you know being victim of a home invasion sometimes yeah it, it does feel that way and, and and it does seem that way 
we we've heard it and we've seen it. Um, oh well, you know, just another stripper gone. Serves her right. If she would have had a real job. And and it always goes back to victim blaming. You know, why was it her fault she died? Why isn't it the fault of the murderer? The person who took her life is the one at fault for killing her. It's not her fault, it's theirs. But it always goes back to, let's blame the victim. Um, they say the missing and the murdered have no voice. You have to be their voice. And we're Angie's voice. And we'll do everything in our power to see to it that justice is served. One of the things Rhonda said to me last week is, at one point she was really down and it was bad. And she said, only once have I ever heard Mariah's voice in my head. And the voice said to her, Mommy, they got me, don't let them get you. You ever hear Angie's voice? I do, I do. And it always says, Mommy, don't give up. And I won't. The moms don't give up. And IMPD doesn't give up. And we don't give up. But sometimes, We've gone as far as we can with the information we have. We all need more. A witness, a piece of evidence, a motive, more of the backstory. Something that will help us understand and solve the deaths of these young women. If you have that information, phone in your tip to Crime Stoppers of Central Indiana at 317-262-TIPS or log on to the website crimetips.org. That's Indie Justice. Thanks for listening. I'm Russ McQuaid. Indie Justice is reported by Russ McQuaid and produced by Greg Margeson, Maureen Caruso, and Mallory Wheel. Maverick Atterbury is our editor. If you have information on this story to report, you can submit a tip to Crime Stoppers at 317-262-TIPS. We'd love to hear feedback and story suggestions from you. You can contact us by emailing IndieJusticePod at gmail.com or tweet us at IndieJusticePod. Find more content, including an interactive timeline, at Fox59.com slash IndieJustice. Justice.